This man was genuinely convinced that the New Testament was a manual on how to persecute Jews. He was an Orthodox Jew raised in an Orthodox Jewish synagogue, and he had never read the New Testament before. He was forbidden from reading it, discouraged from reading it, and his, his impression from the outside looking in, as he was told by his rabbis, was that is a book that has been used to persecute Jews. It's a manual on how to do it. And so he was trepidatious at first when I sat down with him and opened my Bible to the Gospel of Matthew. The very first words, an account of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham fathered Isaac. Isaac fathered Jacob. Jacob fathered Judah and his brothers. About this time, he stopped me and said, I know these names. I know that name, Abraham. I know David. David's star is at the center of Israel's flag today. What he thought was going to be a, here's how you persecute him, book ended up being a story that's continued from what he'd already known. The Gospel of Matthew is intended originally to convince Jewish believers that Jesus is the Messiah. And while in our context, we've chosen to start off with the Gospel of John, the Gospel of Matthew still serves a beautiful purpose as well. It just means that you need to establish an understanding of messianic prophecy. Here's one really cool little glimpse of how you can do that. My favorite book of the Bible is Ruth, and it's this story of redemption. It's absolutely incredible. You've got Ruth from Moab, this pagan nation that would wage war with God's chosen nation of Israel. And she follows her mother-in-law after her husband dies and her father-in-law dies and her brother-in-law dies. And as you've just got these three women, Naomi, Orpah, and Ruth, and they're all destitute and there's a famine coming. Ruth follows her mother-in-law across the Jordan River, perhaps near where the Israelites first crossed it three centuries prior opposite Jericho, and then down into Bethlehem. And then here's these two widows and God provides beautifully through a fulfillment of Leviticus as they are aliens, they are immigrants, and they just gather from the corners of the field and they're overly abundantly provided for. And then there's this kinsman redeemer who rises up, a guardian redeemer, nearest kinsman, however you interpret the Hebrew word goel. And then at the end of it, there's this beautiful moment where Boaz stands before the elders and he proclaims that he is stepping up as the kinsman redeemer, guarding redeemer, nearest kinsman, family redeemer, depending on your translation. And he's going to step up and he's going he's to deliver the distressed bride from all of her troubles. And they have a child and his name is Obed. And uh, you know, it, 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 it ends with this brief genealogy from Ruth and Boaz to King David. And what's so cool about it is that if you were the original reader, you may not have really known what place that book had in the Torah until the very last word, the name David. You would read the genealogy that shows up at the end and you would say, oh yeah, I know that name. That's my king. Apparently I've just read an ancestral story about how King David was born. The genealogy leading to King David. That same genealogy in chapter four of the book of Ruth appears in chapter one of Matthew. And then it continues leading to Christ. So this is itself one big beautiful apologetic. Hebrew people are renowned for their excellence in record keeping and attention to detail. Genealogies were a matter of credibility. Before we had surnames or last names, you would say you were so-and-so, the son of so-and-so, and you would be able to establish your credibility all the way back to the original claim staked by 
God giving Israel the promised land. And so you'd be able to show through the list of names that came eventually to your name, how you were connected to the promised land. Now that gets pretty tricky and pretty cumbersome after about five generations. You gotta name your great, great, great grandfather in order to show how you are connected to your land. But the result is a really thorough set of records. You know that if I tell you I'm Jesse, son of Larry the Cucumber, son of Justin Bieber, that I'm making it up. But if I tell you who my father is and my grandfather is and my great-grandfather and my great-great-grandfather and I'm able to establish some record of credibility, then you know that what I'm saying is true and accurate and trustworthy. These genealogies speak to the historicity of scripture, the validity of the Bible. Matthew knew this about his Jewish readers and so he starts off with this tour de force of this beautiful, deliberately structured, not fully comprehensive, but structured in a way that is numerologically significant, we'll talk more about that later, that builds a bridge from Abraham to Jesus. He starts off with a genealogy arguing for the credibility of everything that's to follow, because his Jewish readers wanted to know the credibility from the very beginning. That, that man's last name was Weinstein. He gave his life to Christ. This is the Gospel of Matthew, and it's another way we can argue for the credibility of Scripture. I know that when you see a long list of names in the Bible, it's like, ah, I'm just going to skip this and run through this. Orthodox Jewish readers won't do that. They will read every name and they'll say, oh, yep, I know that name. I know Aminadab. I know, I, I know the name Salmon. I know the name Boaz. I know the name Obed. I know all these names. And you can, you can see how they, they're establishing this fireworks display of credibility. Let me pray for you. God, we thank you for the beautiful, thorough, and deliberate uh, genealogies throughout your Bible. The one that opens the Gospel of Matthew spells out the name of David in a beautiful way. And you're, what you did was so poetic, God, we just admire it. We pray that you would give us opportunities to show and demonstrate the validity of your word through the content of your word. That you would give us opportunities, not only with Orthodox Jewish people to show them that Yeshua is Messiah, but with anyone who doubts the credibility of scripture to show them these genealogies that record names that are all maintained and that how your records are thorough and, and deliberate and complete. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would take everything from there. That somebody who thinks that the Bible is some sort of persecution manual or a book about bigotry would instead be astounded to see that it is thorough, it is perfect, it is historical, and it has grace for sinners like us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.